Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to Bluehost.com Wondersuite. That's Bluehost.com Wondersuite. Hi everyone, thanks for listening to another episode of Dogman Encounters Radio. I'm Vic Cundiff and I'll be your host for the show. If you've had a Dogman Encounter of your own and would like to speak with me whether in private or on the show, please go to dogmanencounters.com and submit a report. I'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to help support the show by becoming a premium member, please go to dogmanencounters.com backslash podcast to sign up. Memberships are only $2.99 a month. By becoming a premium member, you'll be able to download episodes onto your mobile device and listen to them commercial-free wherever you go. Also, if you'd like to check out the new Dogman Encounters t-shirt store, please go to dogmanencounters.com backslash store and take a look around. Buying a t-shirt or sweatshirt there is another great way to help support the show. As always, thanks for listening. Alright, let's bring on tonight's guest. Tonight's guest is John Barrett. John, welcome to the show. Thank you, Vic. How are you? I'm doing great, but more importantly, how are you? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. I had a good day today. Great. That's good to hear. John, please give us a brief bio on yourself. All right. I'm 28 years old. I grew up in Dutchess County, New York, in a town called Pauling. It's a very small town. I don't really know the population, but not very big. You know, I do a lot of hiking, always on the move. Uh, I seem to lean towards a lot of nature, a lot of animal research. I collect insects. Uh, I do a lot of tarantula breeding. I vend at reptile expos, and I'm a part of that community. I have a girlfriend of eight years named Haley. I work landscaping. I work about seven to nine hours a day, five days a week. 
So I get my hands dirty and do like my job. Oh, I'm a big horror movie collector. I like to collect horror films. My favorite film has to be like The Gate, Night of the Creeps, just really cheesy stuff like that. That's pretty much me. It's a lot of what I like to do. That's what I'm all about, living life, trying to stay out of trouble the best I can. Well, it sounds like you've carved out a well-rounded life for yourself. That's impressive. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Before you had your first dogman encounter, what were your thoughts on the possibility large unknown creatures existed? Well, I always liked the whole story of Bigfoot and all that. It's it's very common in our area to talk about it. Like my brother has taught me about it when I was a young kid. He's always told me about him. I used to go in the woods and he always tell me, watch out for Bigfoot, jokingly. But he he was serious. But in my head, I was like, yeah, okay, Kevin, that's funny. But as I got older, I, you know, the more you hear things like that, you look into it, it doesn't become so strange. And it almost became like a normal thing. You know, I almost hope to see him. So I do believe in that whole realm, but I've yet to see. You said that at one time you were hoping to see a Sasquatch. It's pretty ironic to think that years later you'd see something that's a lot more intimidating than a Sasquatch is. Yeah, I definitely agree. This was definitely a bit scarier than I ever hoped anything like this would be. Oh, I'd say so. Especially to have one come after you the way this one did. You had your encounter while doing some urban exploring. How'd you get into that? I want to say in my mid-teens, we used to travel to a place called Poughkeepsie. There was a lot of abandoned buildings. There was a hospital near the Hudson River. We always used to go to these places and just check them out. It was kind of like an escape from home. There were no adults. And it was a place we could all gather and just hang out and not have to worry about people. And it became more than that, because I was also somebody who liked to hike and travel. It became much more enveloped into what I did every weekend, and it would start to be something I just did. So I would go on Google, I would look up abandoned buildings, places that I hopefully wouldn't have to trespass to get to. So common places. There was a place in Orangeburg, New York called the Tunnels of Tweed. We went there. It's not quite urban exploration, but it's definitely creepy. But places like that would definitely fuel my interest for things like this. It's funny you mention those things because I've actually watched videos on YouTube about urban exploration, and it's pretty creepy, but it's really interesting in my opinion. I agree. Definitely some creepy things have happened, mostly noises, but that's the point. Sometimes it just gets your gears turning and builds your adrenaline. Oh, I can only imagine. Besides the first encounter we're going to talk about in just a bit here, have you had any other close calls while doing it? Up until this point, no. I think I've only heard some noises, and other than that, I've been pretty safe. We've had some run-ins with other animals. We've run into a black bear twice, and that might have been the only two that were intimidating. You know, other animals seem to... Not, you don't really seem to think too much about it. Like a deer is just, eh, whatever. But I guess it's that a bear is capable of harming you. It has that power, so it, it was scary at the time. But apart from that, nothing that was strange. Well, that's good news. How'd you find out about the show, John? I found out about the show through a friend named Danny Rodriguez. He watches the show constantly. I also asked him if I could use his name. I was in Florida. And I was relaying my story just about a week and a half, two weeks ago. And I was telling him what happened. And he was telling me, that that sounds like Dogman. That sounds like Dogman. You should contact this man named Vic. He has a show on YouTube that I really think you would like if you haven't seen it already. Because he knows I'm really into that stuff. But I've never even heard of the topic up until recently. I've skimmed through YouTube videos. I've seen the name pop up, but I've just never clicked on a video. I'm so glad he told you about the show. Thank goodness. I agree. Before you tell us about your first experience, please tell us about the unique place where it happened. Well, the house was in Peekskill, New York. It was on the outer sides of it. It's like a city-ish area. It's not very dense, but it is a small city. Where the house was, though, it was where it started to become more woodland, more suburban. The house was deep set into the woods, but didn't have very many close neighbors. So it had a lot of trees, a lot of woodland between. 
The closest neighbor, I want to say, was it was definitely just a bit. It was a bit down the road, a few hundred feet, and it was also set into the woods. And I also think that house was abandoned, but we didn't go into it. But just past that, there was a closer neighborhood. There was a few more houses adjacent. And then other than that, beforehand and across the street, there are no houses. It's just completely dense forest. And the area is very dense in forestry, this area of New York. There's a lot of pine, a lot of oak, maples. It's just very thick forest, a lot of shrubs. It had a full yard, front, sides, back of this house. It had a driveway that led up to it. It was like a gravel driveway. It was very grown in, full of reeds. The yard had waist-tall grass, bushes, prickers, things like that. But you could still see the path to get in, all the way up to the house. The house is three stories, including the attic. The attic is very large. So I called it three stories. And then it had a basement as well. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. That's bluehost.com wondersuite. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So when you walk up the driveway, there's a porch and it wraps around the entire house. There's a lot of windows that are boarded up. There's one window that we can get through. So that's the window that we use. I can only imagine how creepy that house must have been hearing the way you describe it. Wow. All right, John, please tell us about your first encounter. Give us every last detail that comes to mind. Okay. My girlfriend Haley and I went to go visit our friend Devin and Emily. They're married. They knew that we like to do some urban exploring. So when we got there, our plans were just to have some dinner, hang out, and I think watch uh, Weekend at Bernie's, if I remember correctly. And I remember we were going to have some spaghetti. So. As we were sitting down, they said, let's go see this house and have a good time. You know, it's it's very small. It shouldn't take too long. Since I know you guys are into that, my friend Devin said, I think we can make this happen. And I asked him, how hard is it to get to? And is it going to be something that I should bring, like, some gear for, like a flashlight and all this? And he goes, not really. Like I said, we're not going to be too long. It's going to be dark soon. So it was around 7.30. Well, this time it might have been 7 o'clock, 7.15. So we get to the house. It's within walking distance, but we decided to drive. So we hop in the car, and we go over to this house. It's just a few minutes down the road, maybe two or three minutes. And we park across the street. There's a little bit of a grass parking spot. It's off the road, so if anybody needed to pass, it wouldn't have caused any issues. So we sat there and waited. We looked at the house, and I said, let's go in. It looks fun. I asked them if they've went in before, and they had. 
they went in, I want to say, two weeks prior, and they were looking around, and they thought that the things that were inside, the cool items, would intrigue us. So we get out of the car, and we stand there. We basically group together. We grab our things, and we start walking up the driveway, and they show us where the entrance to the house is. Since everything else is boarded up, there is one window that they went in previously. They went in first, and I had Haley go in, and I went in last. So we collect in this little room. I think it was the living room because it had a fireplace. It was very big. It had a lot of empty bookshelves. The room was completely cleared out. There wasn't really anything there. It wasn't even very dusty. It seemed like there was a quite a breeze coming through, even though the place was quite boarded up. But I remember the floors were quite shiny still. You know, they were still quite buffed. And when we went in, we could either go to another room or go straight to the kitchen and up the stairs. So we peered into the other room. There wasn't much into it. It was very dull, nothing much to it. It seemed like there was a bathroom up in the corner. We didn't bother. It seemed very empty, nothing to see. I like graffiti and things. I don't do it. I have no artistic skills, so I uh take pictures of it. I think it's neat. So I was looking around for it. I said, no, there's none here. So I said, all right, well, let's go into the kitchen then. We move into the kitchen. This is the first floor, the basement, you know, being below us. So we go into the kitchen, and below us, there's some holes in the floor. It looked like maybe some joists were missing underneath. They were quite large. We had to walk on the side to and kind of like shimmy very carefully to get to the other side. And I remember thinking when I was looking down into the hole, wow, what if something ran underneath? Like a, oh, God knows what. Just what if something ran underneath us? It's the basement. It was, it was just a scary thought and nothing weird had even happened. It was just my gears turning. So I just remembered that and we're creeping through getting into the kitchen. The kitchen's full of knickknacks on the floor. It's like a big pile of junk, just stuff. And that's part of urban exploring is just like getting to know the people that got to live there, what the place was used for. I like history. So I'm like, oh, that's neat. I'll have to look through that sometime. So we move up to the staircase, and it's just to the right as we're walking through. And up to the stairs, it's not a spiral, but it's like a three-way staircase. It goes up, left, and then another left. And then you're up into another almost living room. So you're on the second floor. So we're moving up to it, and we're just walking around. I remember the floors were creaking so loud. It was like, must have been some type of hardwood. The floor, it just was, it was, it would echo throughout the house. And I remember at the time, I was looking for some common house spiders, because this is, like I said, it's what I do. So I'm looking at the walls, I'm shining lights in corners, just trying to find anything odd, any weird creepy crawlers. And I don't really see too much, a few things here and there. So I'm moving upstairs, we're all going, and we get to the second floor. It's very barren, yet again, nothing really going on in this floor. It's very big, and it wraps around, almost in an L shape. So we go into another room, and we see, oh, there's a staircase, but it's not a staircase. It's a pull-down ladder to get to the attic. So we didn't go up it, but we peered up. You know, we looked, and we thought that was pretty neat. Oh, erase that. We did go up that one. I'm sorry. I said that last time, too. We did go up this one. I apologize. So we went up there, the four of us. We went up very slowly. We tested the ladder. And I remember I was the lightest because I'm a very thin dude. So I peeked up because I wanted to make sure no one was going to put their head up into any like bees' nests. This place has been abandoned for God knows how long at the time. I didn't look at the expired food things that were laying in the kitchen, which I had planned to. That was one of the first things I remember I wanted to do. But I remember looking into the attic, and there was a lot of stuff, a lot of empty boxes, a lot of cardboard. It was mostly old National Geographic's, and I mean hundreds of National Geographic's spanning from 1920s to when the house was abandoned. It was had to have been the 60s was the last I remember reading. There was a lot of old paintings outside of frames. They looked like paintings that went with the frames, like old-school inserts. So we were looking at that for a little while. I remember the girls stayed downstairs, and me and Devin, the husband, just went and kind of walked around for a couple minutes. It started to get dark, so they wanted to get back and eat. So we did that. We climbed back down. 
we ended up leaving out the way we came. We uh, drove to their house, which was about three to five minutes tops. I, I couldn't remember exact, but it was very close. So we eat. We eventually head home, Haley and I, and we discuss, hey, why don't we come back one of these days and come back on our own and take our time, you know, so this way we're not rushed by our friends. They weren't rushing us, but we felt that it was kind of more our hobby than theirs. So we were like, oh, let's not burden our hangout with our interests and we'll do something that we all like that day and then this time we'll go. So we took a week, I don't know, maybe a couple weeks later, maybe even less, maybe a week, Haley and I took out some backpacks, some flashlights, headlamps, and we set out for Peekskill. And this is about 40 minutes from where we live, 45 it's a little bit of a hike. If there's traffic, it can take up to an hour. So we head out. It was a very similar night to the night when we found the place with our friends. So it was very cool. It was very late in the summer night. And we go in. We try to be a little quiet. We did that as well the first time because there's no posted signs, but we're not sure if anybody's going to have a problem with us coming. We didn't really think of disturbing anything else. So. We creep up to the house or make sure we're not stepping in anything that's going to crack or make too much noise. We climb into the window. The window's maybe three feet wide. It's a short window, the one on the porch, and it's, I want to say, a foot off the ground. It's, it's very, very short off the ground. We climb through, and we head in to the kitchen because my first exciting thought was to go into the kitchen. Because I remember all of the items on the floor. I remember wanting to look and just investigate. So Haley wanted to see the basement. Now go figure. Haley, she's a small girl. She's maybe five foot two, ninety-five pounds. She's a small girl, and she was all gun ho, ready to check out the basement. So I'm like, okay, we know it has it because we saw the bottom floor, and it turned out to be in the kitchen. Well, we didn't at the time know this. Thinking back. So I remember we climbed down, and going downstairs was the staircase that was actually right below the stairs that went to the second floor. That portion almost had like a triangular shape there. So all the stairs were kind of like centered into one spot of the house, essentially is what I'm saying. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to Bluehost.com slash Wondersuite. That's Bluehost.com slash Wondersuite. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So when we went down into the cellar, I remember there were a couple floorboards missing as well for that. So we had to actually 
extend our legs very far to reach that bottom step. And when we get down there, it's a dirt floor. There's a lot of cabinets, a lot of empty shelving units all around the complete border of the basement, all the walls. There's one toolbox that had some drawers left in it. We ended up looking in it. It had a lot of dental tools. It had an extractor. It had like it looked like little pliers that were basically rusted shut. It had one of the old hypodermic needles. It was like a very heavy, heavy steel. <laughs> I wouldn't want that thing worked on me. There were teeth molds. There were dentures. It seemed like there were some real teeth, but I didn't want to touch them. And there were also some chemicals as well, like there were nitroglycerin tablets, there was like film-developing fluids, some really noxious stuff. But yeah, we didn't touch any of this junk. So we pretty much came to the realization this is probably a dentist, either retired or continued working at the time. And we always left it at that. We thought that was kind of neat. So satisfied that we've seen all of the basement, Haley and I decided to move back upstairs into the kitchen where I wanted to hang out. So when we get to the kitchen, there's a lot of old boxes, you know, old food items in the cabinets. It seemed to be pulled down, most likely by an animal, chewed open all over the place, but in cool condition. I go to a lot of antique flea markets, etc., and I always look at all the old stuff, and I find it intriguing. So when I saw this stuff, I was seeing history and, to be honest, dollar signs, but I didn't take anything, as I mentioned, because one of the rules of urban exploration is don't take anything just in case if somebody owns the property. So I'm looking at it and just trying to enjoy myself. And I'm noticing a lot of the food items were expired in like 1972. Some of them are like 69, if I remember correctly. So that gives you a little idea of how long it's been abandoned, this house. So as I was enjoying looking at all the old dates and expirations and just interesting things, just taking it all in. I noticed there was another cabinet that had a lot of Pyrex beakers and colanders, I believe they're called. They're graduated. They had like a lot of marks, little notches, and measured milliliters to my memory. And I just found that kind of interesting. I'm like, this is something that you'd find in the dentist's house. And I laughed to myself. found a lot of neat things like that. And on the floor, there were a lot of knickknacks. There were a lot of Disney porcelain dolls, very small three inches. I couldn't find a date. I was looking on my phone and I remember I was looking on eBay, Google, just trying to even figure out what these things are. And I couldn't really find anything that made quite a match. (laughs) I know it's random, but I remember being very interested in that. And this time around, I also remember I had a couple vials in my back pocket that I was catching insects with. And this time they were pretty empty. I was more interested in the things that I was finding. I had other incentive, other motives. Whereas the first time when we visited, I had like a whole pocket full of bugs. I know it sounds weird. (laughs) So when we were crouched down, we were surrounded by cabinets. From ceiling to floor are cabinets. And to the back of us, the back of me rather, is the staircase. And it was in front of Haley. So we were facing each other crouched in front of this massive pile. And this pile had, like, favorable things. I always found that odd. It's like somebody put it there, you know. It's like somebody collected all the cool things in the house and just put it in this pile. So, tracking back, I'll explain the layout of this kitchen. So, on the kitchen, it's one of the interior rooms. So, on the outside of the kitchen, there's outside. There's the wraparound porch and then the woods. And the kitchen's on the back side of the house. So, when you look out the window... If you're washing your dishes in the sink there, there's the window against the wall, and there's the backyard. So you can see all, like, the wreaths, all the woods. It's all grown in at this point. I'm sure there was probably a garden there or something. And around that sink, more cabinets to the floor and to the ceiling. So we're on the floor below the sink, close to against the wall, and that's where all this stuff is. And we're crouched, and we're just rummaging through it. We're being kind of quiet. Haley and I, but we're making a little bit of noise. We're talking a little bit. We're like, ooh, um, you know, look at this one. This is pretty cool. What is this one from? Disgusting. And rummaging through some items and making some noise. So something could have hurt us. We noticed it was quiet this time. The first time 
There was a lot of insects. There were even rats going upstairs, something like that, like a rat or a squirrel. There was something in the walls, something above. Very small, you know, like a little pitter-patter. We heard things like that. This time, you couldn't hear a cricket chirp. You couldn't hear the frogs. It was right near a swamp. We couldn't find the swamp. We didn't go look for it, but we didn't see it in the yard when we were walking around. But there were frogs the first time that we went to go visit, and I was actively looking for them because I know the species from the sounds that they make. So I was very excited from what I heard, and I went to go look for it. Usually, at nighttime, they're on porches, on banisters, etc. So I was looking. But the second time, this visit, though, in particular, we didn't hear any of these frogs. And you have to normally hear them to find them. That's kind of the trick. It got very quiet. And at this point, we didn't hear anything. And we did start to hear something. It was a very subtle thump at first. And it was on the porch, on the opposite corner. Where we heard it, it was towards the front, kind of where we came in, in a way, but on the opposite side, but in the front. So we hear the thump. It's getting a little louder. Thump, 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 thump. And it's coming closer. And it sounds like it's in twos and threes. And they're very big. Very, very big. It doesn't sound like something fell. It doesn't sound like a raccoon. Anything like that. But we kept our composure because in the woods, in abandoned houses, you can hear all kinds of things. And your mind can really take you places at the things where they aren't. So we're just going along, trying to be a little quieter. And then it comes closer and closer. And now it sounds like it's about 15 feet away. And we knew at that point to be very quiet. So we're looking at each other. At this point, we're not terrified, but we're a little freaked out. Then it starts coming a lot closer, and the thumps are much bigger. And this thing sounds huge at this point. And at the time, you know, we can't tell if it's tall, how big it is exactly, if it's standing up on two legs, but it did not sound like it was walking on four. So we're being as quiet as we can. It comes closer, and it sounds like it's pushing its nose or face right into the corner of the wall where we are, right where we're sitting. So we're maybe two feet away from this animal, three feet between like the sink and the wall and then the porch there where it's standing. And it starts growling very angrily. And it's like a very low at first. It started very low, very deep though, and very long. It wasn't like huffs and humps like I've heard bear do, because we've had them on our porch at home. We've had them rummage through our garbage cans. We've had an instance where they were pulling a big bag of sunflower seeds all over the yard. We ended up having sunflowers all over the yard. My point is, is I hear them all the time, and this was not that. This this animal thing, this, it was very, very angry, and it just, the growls sounded I don't know what they sounded like, but they were, I've never heard it before. I, since then I've looked it up online, trying to match it, trying to find local sounds of animals, even things that don't live around here, and nothing sounded exactly like it. But it was just very long, drawn out, very guttural, and it just wouldn't stop. And it was very persistent on letting us know that it was right there. And it just kept pushing, it, it sounded like it was scratching where it was, on the floor, you know, trying to, like, push closer to the wall because we kept hearing a bump bump against the wall just right where we were, like it was listening and trying to position itself. That's the best I can, you know, when when I picture what it was doing, that's what it was doing. So at this point, Haley and I are an absolute terror. She's grabbing me by the arm, by, like, the wrist, and she won't let go, and every time it growls, she squeezes a little bit deeper, and I feel her nails at this point. It, it, it was a good two to three minutes. It felt a lot. Well, it felt like longer, but in reality, it, you know, it it had to have been going a good two to three minutes of just. And it started to. It walked back at one point, like walked away for maybe two, three feet, and then paced, you know, paced away for just a second, came back, and then kept doing it. And I'll I'll never forget that. And it and it just kept growling, kept growling. 
and then it stopped because out of nowhere, I remember I turned off my headlamp, and, or Haley turned off her headlamp. It prompted me to turn mine off, and it was eventually complete darkness. It was dark out by this po- by this point in the night. It was dark. We couldn't see each other. We and that was the worst part. You know, I just it was the complete darkness, and then hearing it just stop growling for a second. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. That's bluehost.com wondersuite. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And then it sounded like it stood up. Because the way it just, the floor creaked and it put its hands or arms, whatever, paws, I couldn't tell you, on the wall. And when it grabbed, it sounded like it grabbed onto the wall because you, you heard a clicking sound, like a, like a claw, like a hand, you know, some sort of like a, a scratching sound when it, when it grabbed onto the wall. And when it grabbed onto the wall, it was like in the middle, like from the, from the, floor to the ceiling like it was tall you know like it grabbed right up but now we were crouched down it could have been much higher it's very hard to tell when it's a thump like that but it grabbed up tall and kicked it sounded like off the side of the wall and was up on the roof in two thud sounds and the roof it has a slight awning where you can get onto the second story and then there's a window that was open we obviously didn't know about it until after, and we couldn't get to it. So, you know, that had no relevance to us at the time. And we're sitting there going, oh my God, this thing just kicked off the wall and is up into the second floor. And it went ba-doom, ba-doom. And it made like a, it sounded like it pulled itself into the window because this this dragging sound that it sounded like it pulled boards, not like pulled them, but it made this like vibration sound where it like, you know, I don't know how to explain it. It just, it, it like pulled it, it sounded like it pulled itself through. And because it wasn't just a, a two thumps where it went up the wall. And the, 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 this house was very tall, mind you. The, the ceiling was like an eight foot ceiling. It wasn't like, a, the doorways were narrow and tall and not, not as tall, but the ceilings were very tall. So, I mean, it had to be a large animal or something to be able to scale that type of distance and vertically. And it was sounded very heavy. It, it it was it really kicked off the wall. And when it landed in the second floor, when it got up to the second floor, it was it started with a big thud again, and and it started to run 
and I mean run. It didn't like, it didn't jog, it didn't, you know, it didn't hop, it didn't gallop. This thing was bum, 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 ran, just like a person, right to the staircase where we had to leave. And now the staircase was right near the exit. Like, it's we, we're, we had to go past it and then right to the living room window. So we're terrified. So it's behind me, and then there's the window. You know, it's like, and it's it's right above us. It didn't, you know, it it didn't have far to go at all. And I remember, I didn't, I, I remember not thinking and just grabbing Haley, grabbing her by the arm, grabbing her by like the back of the shoulder, like under the armpit, and just lifting her up with me. I didn't. I'm not even a very strong guy. And I lifted her up as I stood up. It was like, I don't even know how I stood up without using my arms. And I remember running across that little gap and over into that window. And there's the staircase. So I remember grabbing her, running through. I basically grabbed her by the back of the belt loop and tossed her out the open window. And she landed. Uh, like her shoulder did almost like a little roll, you know, so she landed fine. And I remember kind of doing like a little hop out myself. And I remember running off the porch. I remember the boards were so old and like hollow that they were like bouncing us off, you know. And they, <laughs> I just remember us, we were just hauling, we were running. When we start to run down the driveway, Haley doesn't stop. She refuses to stop. I'm glad she did. She she followed the smart instinct of keep going. And for some stupid reason, I decided I'm going to stop and look. Not just look, but stop and look. So in, in a dead in a dead stop, I'm running and just dead stop. I look behind me. And down I'm halfway down the driveway. And she's, she's continuing to the car. I look behind. And on the porch, I see this figure standing on the porch by on the, next to this trash can. It's an old metal round trash can. It's rusted. Um, I don't think it has the lid anymore. It's He's standing there, and it's this big animal person. I don't know. All I know is I've never seen an animal stand up like a person does. And it's staring at me. It's not pursuing me. It's not growling at this point. It's not making any noise. But it's staring at me. As if I'm, as if it was happy that we were gone. Or maybe it didn't want us there. But my point is it didn't, it seemed like it got its point across. And it just didn't want anything further, it seemed. But I thought I was going to absolutely die. I've never seen anything like it. I didn't see eyes. I didn't see ears. I did see that it was very dark, very thick fur. I still got goosebumps every time I, I get goosebumps. And it, it didn't have a very big neck. It seemed too small and thin to be like a Sasquatch. And at the time, I, I didn't even think that. But looking back, I remember like, you know, days on, I wondered. And no, I said that just didn't even fit, you know, what they say, you know, they look like. And I literally just crossed that off as an option since that day. And, uh, so we get to the car and I tell Haley, just, just get in the car, just get in the car, just get in the car, stay in, stay in. Cause at this point she's waiting for me. She didn't get in. She was, you know, she's getting the car started up. She's outside of the car. She's like smacking the top of the car and you could barely see her, you know, behind it. She's, you could see a little arm going, hurry up, smacking the roof of the car. And I, you know, as I get to the car, I hop in, you know, slam the door and she's like, she's like, all right, what, what was that? What was that? I, I told her, I don't know. I don't know. Let's just get the hell out of here. Let's just go home. Let's just go. We barely spoke about it and the whole ride home. We didn't talk about it. And I remember the ride was very silent, very awkward. It was almost as if we didn't believe what we saw at the time or we were in shock and yeah, it was it was a very quiet ride home. Uh, I didn't tell her about what happened, about when I saw, because she didn't see the animal person. She didn't see it. 
because she was in the car and I didn't even I didn't even point it out. I wanted to go. I wasn't going to go. Oh well, look at that. Like you know, it's like a, we're at the zoo. You know, it's now that we're in the safety of our car. No, let's go. I I and for some reason at the time because I didn't think I thought maybe she saw it, but she didn't find out about it until when the next day I was talking to my mother and. I was explaining to her what happened, and she didn't give me the look of disbelief necessarily. She believed that I believed what I saw, I think, because my mom's very open-minded. She really believes that there's more to things than what meets the eye. But she was also like, yeah, well, maybe you shouldn't be going to those houses anymore. Maybe you shouldn't be doing that anymore. She's always been looking for an excuse for me to stop doing anything dangerous like a mother would. You know, she's a good mom. But I explained to her how I saw this thing, and that and that was the part I didn't want to say. I wanted to kind of leave out, but it was so fresh and so new and so real. I had to tell her, but I almost regretted that because that was when she gave me the look. Well, maybe you shouldn't go to those houses. And then Haley said, "You saw something." I said, "Yes." I said, "I saw something standing on the porch," and that just it changed the whole dynamic of the whole story at that point. And Everything changed from there. Yeah, things normally do change after you have an experience like that with the dog man. When you looked out the window when you and Haley were on the kitchen floor, did you or didn't you see a muzzle? When we looked, we did not see anything. It seemed to be looking, it, it had a point, but it wasn't like a very pronounced one, but that was the thing. It, it wasn't flat. It wasn't very pronounced, but it wasn't flat either. It wasn't like a cone, but it was definitely some sort of a point. Like, um, how can I explain it? It was like a very dull cone, but it wasn't quite like a very strong one. Were you able to make out what kind of a leg structure it had? I couldn't see them fully. They were behind the reeds a little bit and the trash cans. Since we were looking up at it, and this was on a slanted hill with the driveway and the steps going up. There was a bit of distortion with the trash can, but I did see the side of the waist and hips. It didn't have any, like, curves or anything. It seemed to be a kind of a straight down... It seemed like it was very straight down with fur. And I didn't see any other features that I can remember. I remember mostly focusing on the shoulders and head and thinking about how tall it was. So apparently instead of canid-style legs, it had hominid-style legs. It seemed to be more so. It seemed to be distorted by the trash can and the reeds where the legs would have shown. But maybe not. Maybe I could have seen more. Well, considering the lighting conditions and how stressed you were, that's totally understandable. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise, and with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to Bluehost.com Wondersuite. That's Bluehost.com Wondersuite. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You said you noticed something very strange about that house, considering it was abandoned. What was so strange about it? Well... 
I think the strangest thing about the house was how pristine it was. There was no graffiti. There was no signs of squatters. And this was on the outside of the city. Peekskill, it's not necessarily a poor city, but there's a lot of pockets that are poor neighborhood and a lot of homeless people around. And I'm used to, especially in Peekskill and Poughkeepsie and neighboring cities, if not every single one, will have a mattress, old food, unfortunately, sometimes drug paraphernalia, and things of that nature, especially graffiti. I mean, lots of damage. Usually you see a lot of broken things, you know, a lot of kids come in and just shatter things. But it just seems to be the common trend. But what's funny is I didn't notice that as something odd. I thought it was cool because I was like, oh, here's a preserved piece of history that nobody's touched. I said, oh, cool. First dibs, we get to see everything. But then that's when it started to seem a little strange. I wonder why that house didn't have any graffiti. Did that experience spell the end of your days exploring abandoned properties? Absolutely. Ever since I have not gone urban exploring, I have pretty much just stuck to the woods. And if I do, I'm pretty much with friends. I have not gone to another building since. I haven't gone to any neat properties that I used to love going to. And I think it's more subconscious. Like I've mentioned in our pre-interview, when you're out there, you don't, I'm not really thinking about what I saw all the time. I do think about it almost daily, but when I'm out in the woods, I'm not thinking about it all the time. But I'm definitely cautious now. I notice now I won't even go in the daylight without company. Just two nights ago after a conversation, I had to go outside. I had to grab something from the car. I think it was a pack of cigarettes. And I didn't want to go out. I really didn't. We live in the woods as well. So when we get home, it's like a nicer house, but in the same setting, you know, as that creepy house. So I still get that vibe, that feeling like maybe it's just like a an instinct or something that's telling me that I don't know what's out here all the time. So just to kind of watch my back. It's definitely changed my life in a lot of ways. Ever since, I've definitely been a lot more anxious. I've unfortunately taken up medication. Like I said, I don't blame that as well. That's not all how you handle things. Maybe it was situational. It's just kind of a lot of other things are going on. But uh, that seemed to be a tipping point where I was like, well, I can't seem to control certain panic situations. Because I remember when that happened, I wasn't quite the same in a sense. Like I remember being very quiet for a few days and I was very stressed out. Haley was as well. We even had a couple arguments that week, if I recall. Might have been the next week, but I remember there was some tension. So, yeah, I could definitely say it's had some pretty negative impact. Well, I can understand that. You say that experience has had some negative impacts on your life, but can you think of any positive impacts that came from it? Absolutely. You know, I'm able to talk about it now without feeling... Uh, like before, I wouldn't be able to really talk about it without feeling too much anxiety. I would get very shaky. You know, I would need to have a cigarette immediately. Now it's kind of like, well, you know, this happened. It's become something I've grown past the extreme negative part of it, which is good. But the positive parts, I've definitely become a lot more open-minded. I don't believe in things that I hear all the time. You know what I mean? I don't take everything for face value if people tell me that they saw this, I'm more inclined to believe them because just because science says this doesn't exist or because somebody else might doesn't necessarily mean that it's true. So I'm a lot more open-minded to stories, a lot more open-minded to experiences like this. I definitely feel a little bit special at the same time because of the fact that, well, this isn't something that people get to experience all the time. And I'm always out in the woods. I'm always hoping for some adventure. Well, I got some. (laughs) It may have been something I never would have expected, but it brought a certain element of excitement to life because now there's more to look into. We don't know everything that's out there. And now I'm sure of that. So there's some positive outlooks to it. Well, that's good. I'm glad there is at least something positive you're able to take away from that experience. Did you notice any strange smells inside the house that you wouldn't expect to smell even inside an abandoned house? At the time, I don't recall anything, to be honest. There was no 
smells. There was no odors. I don't recall anything out of place, anything eerie visibly. You know, there was no claw marks. There was no real animal behavior either. And there was no signs of forced entries. There were no dead animals. So it seemed to be a pretty clean house. And even when the encounter happened, I didn't really notice any odors. Maybe there was, and maybe I didn't notice because, you know, the extreme fear. But um, Haley also did not notice any odors, and I, I did ask her. When you were crawling out of that window, leaving the house that night, could you hear it right behind you? No. Well, I heard it when we were running. It continued to run, and its running was louder than ours. When we were running also on a hollow floor with nothing in the room, so the echoes were very loud. And we still heard this thing running, and I still saw the dust falling from the ceiling and plaster in pieces. And I do remember it continued to do that, and it did that when it started, when it just got into the window. I remember when it stomped onto the floor, a bunch of dust and very small pieces of plaster hit the floor and it just made little, like, flicking sounds on the floor. But I remember that terrified me. I live in an apartment, you know, and I hear a lot of people upstairs, downstairs. You hear a lot of commotion. Even when we've had relatives with kids, you know, and they're bouncing a basketball on the floor, that hasn't caused the sounds that we've heard. This was like some heavy set creatures stomping on the floor, and it was catching ahead of us, but it had a staircase to go down. When we hopped out the window, we didn't hear anything going down the stairs. We didn't hear any of that. That does ring a bell. But no, I didn't hear it go down the stairs. I didn't hear it go closer to the window. By the time we reached the porch, all I could pretty much hear was like just myself trying to get through. I remember banging my knees, banging my shoulders, banging my head, everything into the window frame. I remember I couldn't get out quicker because uh, it was it was very. I felt like I had like a like a timer attached to me, and I was on my last second. If I didn't get out that window at that second, I was going to be pulled back in. So I I remember just me making the commotion at that point. That's all I remember hearing. Well, I can only imagine how hard that must have been to deal with. That's pretty rough. Did it seem to be too big to use the window by the front door you two used to come into the house? I'm wondering why it didn't come in that way. I wondered that myself. I wondered if maybe it thought that we were at first upstairs or if maybe it didn't know about the side of the window. For all I know, my friends could have made that hole in the side window, you know, and it didn't know. I really couldn't tell you, but I didn't see it climb out of the window either. But um, to my memory, the top windows were the same size as the windows on the bottom floor. So they seemed to be all be pretty much the same size. I do remember it had one big window that peeked over on the second floor, though, but it was still it was all boarded up. If it wasn't too big to make it through that window, it does make you wonder why it didn't just come in that way. If it would have snuck in that front window, gotten into the house with you, and you didn't know it was there, who knows how that would have played out. Absolutely. That's what Haley said. The first thing was it almost like gave us a chance, you know, because if it came in the other way, it would not have possibly have turned out such a uh, pleasant story. It just might not have. Another bad part about that is if it did come in that window, it would have cut you off from your escape, so you really would have been trapped. Yeah, we didn't know about the uh, second window until we heard all the commotion. Oh, no, I understand. You said you didn't see ears on top of its head. Is it possible that it had its ears pinned back and that's why you didn't see them? It is very possible. I mean, something that big, even say a bear, which I know it wasn't, but even that has ears. And when they're angry, they sometimes pull them back. And I was thinking maybe whatever this animal or whatever it was, was very angry and showing it. I know people do that. You know, we squint our faces, we bare our teeth. It's very, very common. And that was a distance away, and it was very, very dark. So I couldn't see everything. But it was to the side slightly. You know what I mean? It's to the side. It was kind of looking at me at a slight angle. It was standing just off a little bit to where I could see the fact that it had a slightly pointed face. It could have been more. Maybe if it turned more, maybe it was more pronounced. And that's also why I think maybe if it did have canine-like legs, I might not have seen it because of the way it was standing. 
maybe it could have distorted it with the like furthest from you. I really don't know. Well, no one can hold that against you for not knowing for sure about all those details. I mean, you were running for your life that night, or at least you thought you were, so you're only going to be able to pick up so many details, especially as it's getting darker the way it was. Absolutely. We're about out of time, John, but you have another experience to tell us about, and I've got a lot of other questions for you. Are you open to the idea of coming back for next week's show? Oh, absolutely. Anytime. Oh, perfect. Let's do that then. I'll just have you come back on next week, and we'll talk about that second encounter you had, and we'll talk about other things then. All right, not a problem. Well, thanks again so much for your time coming on the show and telling us about that first experience. Looking forward to talking with you next week. All right, not a problem, Vic. You stay safe. Hey, you too. Thanks again. Have a great night. You too. Bye. Bye. If you've had a dogman encounter of your own and would like to speak with me, whether in private or on the show, please go to dogmanencounters.com and submit a report. I'd love to hear from you.